All right, so you're now listening to the first podcast on Woody's blog, and I have got a treat for you today. I've got the awesome Josh Harris, founder of Doc2 and former employee at Big Four Accountancy Company, Ernst & Young, which is where we met. We actually met at a startup event, um, had a beer on the rooftop, and uh, just got on like a house on fire. Um, so yeah, I'm just going to ask him a few questions, and the general theme of this podcast is going to be transitioning from a big corporate to being a founder. So yeah, Josh. Hello. Yeah, awesome. Well, really excited to be here and you know be part of the first podcast. <laughs> so uh, yeah, can't wait, can't wait to to dive in. Great man. Right. So are you ready for the? <laughs> but this Let's is go not going it. to be a seamless process, um, <laughs> as it is the first podcast. But we're going to try and keep it interesting. Um, and lots of candid, I would say, responses to some of these questions. Exactly, um, yeah. After a shared experience. Um, so <laughs> the, my first question is going to be about um, confidence and building confidence. Um, I know from my own experience working in a big corporate, uh, it can feel like going it on your own and going it alone is such a high risk um, and a risk that you know is not really worth taking um, mm-hmm. and I wanted to get your perspective on like like h- how did you build up enough confidence to make that jump and what like when did you feel like you were ready yeah okay yeah so I guess a bit of background for all the listeners out there I left I left my previous firm about 11 months ago now coming up for a year and and yeah I was there for three years prior to that and while you're at these big firms, you, you know, you've got a fantastic paycheck coming in every month. You've got a big group of friends around you. You've got some really incredible people you're working for. And that gives you confidence in within the firm, right? You, 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 know, you know where you're going. You know where the next step is. You, you know what you're doing the next day. You know what job you're going to be doing the next day. And you've got people to help you get there. You've got people to teach you. You've got people to provide you with excellent feedback. And that builds you confidence within within that shell, I guess, within that shell of that big firm. And after a while, that becomes really difficult to leave. You get really comfortable, you get really relaxed, you get really used to what you're doing, and it gets it gets yeah, as I say, it gets really difficult to leave that that safety net. And the thought of you know going alone is is absolutely terrifying because you you're moving from t- I was in a team of uh, nearly hundred people that all support you and all lift you up, whereas the thought of going away and just working pretty much on my own day to day was really difficult. It was really difficult. So, so I sort of had to look at, look at what I had, what I'd learned over the, the previous three years and the previous, I don't know, 15 years of my life and say, actually, have I got the confidence to do this in the first place? So I guess the, the sort of longer term and, and I guess shorter term things that helped me build that confidence. I guess longer term, it was... I've always run little projects on the side that sort of gave me a bit of pocket money as a kid, then beer money as I got a bit older, and then holiday money as my, as these projects got better and decided to make a bit more money. And I didn't see them as businesses at the time. I just saw them as a way to get a bit of cash. And then I look back and I actually see all these things that I've learned, all of these, um, all of these li- little problems I came across and how I overcame them. And when you look back at them, you realise, you know, these are actual business situations. These are situations that if I was to run my own business at some point, I would probably face. 
And knowing that I've already hit them and overcome them really gave me confidence. And with, without doing those, I, I don't know whether I, I would have sort of had that confidence going forward. And then I guess in the shorter term, um, <laughs> I, I, I read one book. It was called um, The Entrepreneur's uh, Revolution. And it, and it really sort of solidified my mindset. Um, it, 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 it drew out from me um, how I felt about the work that I was working in at the time and where I wanted to be. Yeah. And I knew within myself that I, I wanted to be an entrepreneur, right? But did I have the balls to leave the job at, at, and sort of straight away? Probably not. <laughs> and then reading this book... Um, I've not, really, I've not read it. I've not read it actually. <laughs> okay, well, I but, yeah. really recommend it. I, I actually yeah. got given it by um, in the Secret Santa at work. One of the guys oh, I've no been way. speaking to about about leaving <laughs> about leaving the job. Um, he yeah, he gave it to me. He sort of knew my mindset and he gave it to me, and I, and I read it and I thought, you know what, this actually it's really put me in in this position where I, I feel actually, you know what, I shouldn't be working in a big company. I should be working for myself. I should be looking after myself. I should be you know working hard and, and trying to trying to make my own way rather than i guess follow follow the the man at the top of this firm so that book really helped me and then, then equally there was this um being told by a partner in my old firm i've just been to a client meeting with, with a startup company and they and, and my the partner said to me on the way out don't be getting any ideas and <laughs> that obviously started giving me ideas, right? I, <laughs> I, I, that is kind of putting putting me back in a box. That yeah. I, it's like a big I button that really... says, "Don't push this button," right? Do not press. Yeah, kind of... exactly, exactly. And <laughs> and and that obviously starts sort of got my mind going and thinking. You know, what can I do? I don't. I don't want to be told not to do something. I don't want to be told I shouldn't be able to start my own business yeah. when I've only been at this firm, I don't know, six months or so. And um, and yeah, and that, and that really that really got me going, and that started building the confidence within me. I started saying, actually, you know what? The people I've been to this meeting with, they can do it. Why can't I? And being told, don't get any ideas, told me, you know what? I'm going to get some bloody ideas, and I'm, <laughs> I'm going to. And I'm going to hopefully, um, yeah, I'm going to, going to action them at some point. So, so I think there's, there's been definitely been a, a, a sort of a plethora of things that helped me build up this confidence. Mm. Um, equally, all of the things I was learning at the firm really helped. So, so I did my chartered accountancy qualification there. I mean, you learn so much about a business. Um, doing that qualification, you learn about finances, you learn about legal, um, you even learn about a bit about marketing and sales, and then not, not so much. But again, you you learn about this whole, um, all of the different facets of a business. So you you touch on them, and you can almost talk with confidence about these things um, just from that qualification. So I think that that definitely helped me. Um, and and yeah, completing that and graduating from that um, that course definitely gave me the confidence because I knew then I could go into a, I could go into a meeting as sort of s- selling my current product and I could say you know what I, I am a, a chartered accountant and, and hope that that gives me some sort of credibility mm. and, um, and yes yeah, so, so I think that, that collection of different things definitely gave me the confidence to, to leave the firm um, I think the hardest thing was actually handing in the notice I remember the day doing it my, my heart was racing and um yeah. And yeah, that I, I really had to, I sort of have to count myself down and say, right, I'm doing it now. And, uh, <laughs> that, that was actually really difficult, the actual action of, of handing the notice in, because I knew once I'd done that, there was sort of no turning back. I was, I was leaving that nice, uh, cushy job yeah. to, to sort of go it alone. But yeah, uh, overall, yeah, it's, it's sort of a long-term, long-term confidence builders through little things I've done, and then, and then the more short-term sort of 
kicks over the edge you know getting told that i shouldn't be having ideas so there was um there's a point you touched on earlier which i found quite interesting there is when you talk about uh some of the kind of the side hustles and startups before that gave you a bit of confidence in yourself um that, that being an entrepreneur and pursuing that sort of career was something that you could actually do um mm, mm. but when you spoke about the earlier startups and side hustles you were talking about um it kind of being for like a bit of cash a bit of beer money and then i just wanted to get your perspective on um whether your view of that entrepreneurship thing has changed whether it's it's not actually about money but it's the way of life like an unconventional way of working um like whether it has changed is is it because you know you're trying to hit the big time you you know you want to make tons and tons of money like one day and ipo and or or is it um because your current way of living your current work lifestyle was just was just not a good fit for you uh yeah i guess there's many ways to look at it i think i think most of all um the lifestyle is is something i love what i'm doing now is is so enjoyable i I do a little bit of everything. You know, previously I had a set role and I did that day in, day out. They, they sort of occasionally say, you know, well, you do something different every day. And I, I wasn't doing that. They, <laughs> they kept trying to tell me that I was doing something different yeah. every day. And, and I really wasn't. Um, yeah. It's in all the promo, I mean, I, I, promo videos yeah. right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and I, I, I enjoyed it. Um, don't get me wrong. But, I, you know, I didn't, want, I didn't see my life being like that for the next 10 years sort of monotonous and just I, I I just couldn't see myself doing that so so yeah I think a big chunk of wanting to do it has come from the lifestyle choice I like doing a bit of sales a bit of marketing I like developing a product I like seeing you know seeing the beginning of something and developing it into something awesome um equally I'd love to be self-sufficient I'd love to to be able to completely look after myself um, without you know reporting up to someone without someone telling me what to do I want to be I want to be making a business I want to be making the money all for myself and be comfortable that I can do that um, without having to rely on someone else or someone else's brand or something someone else has built up um, and yeah obviously I'd love you know in the next few years to, to for the business to be incredibly incredibly successful loads of users um, you know bring in hopefully a bit of bit of cash as well but um, I think the change from where I was before as, as, as a kid they were just projects I enjoyed doing them because they were fun and the cash was very nice and I think I think that that's still pretty prevalent today I enjoy yeah. doing this because it's fun you know, but if I wanted, if I wanted to be able to afford a ski holiday this year, I would have been working at my old firm. Right? Yes. Whereas yeah, now, yeah. I, you know, I'm doing it because I enjoy it. I'm doing it because I'm going out and meeting really interesting people. I'm trying new things every day and learning new things every day, which I think I got to a point where I, I, I just wasn't really doing that anymore in yeah. my previous job. Do you, th- do you think it's fair to say that cash is just a byproduct of an entrepreneurial way of life? For, for a lot of entrepreneurs. If, if it's a product at all, yeah. Um, <laughs> so true. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I think it, it has <clears throat> to be some sort of driver. Yes. You have to, you have, to yeah. have some sort of drive to make make a bit of cash from it. Yeah. Um, obviously, it'd be amazing to sell the business at some point or, you know, take take it from um, a lifestyle business into, into something global. I mean, that, that would be amazing. Yeah. Um, Actually, so you just mentioned the business, though. I'm going to jump in. Why don't you tell the people listening a little bit more about Doc2? Okay, sh- sure, yeah. I, feel so, like I should so, have asked that at the start, really. But. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it's the first time, isn't it? So. 
Um, yeah, so, so Doc2 is a, is a platform that helps businesses speed up creating documents. So whether that's contracts, NDAs, cover letters, anything that comes from a template, really. And I think this is something I experienced in my, my previous role was um, slow creation of really simple documents. It was really quite mind-numbing. And, um, yeah, and I want, normally I created do... by you and me, right? Yeah, exactly. You know, sort of the the graduates doing the grunt work, <laughs> and I, I wanted to be learning. Right, I wanted to be learning my trade. And ultimately, I was spending hours each week creating documents out of templates. Yeah. And I thought, you know, this this is mental. This process. So, you know, I'll try and fix it. So, so my my co-founder, my brother, um, he he's built the, the software himself. We we've come up with it. We've designed it. He's built it, and it's and it's amazing. So you now, rather than go through on Microsoft Word or whatever it is, and and editing these Word documents, you just tick a few boxes, answer a few questions. We bring data feeds in from different sources, and we we build out these complex documents in, in seconds. And and now we can e-sign them as well, so you can create your NDA in you know, in I don't know ten seconds, and then send it off to be e-signed. Wow. And it's um, yeah, the the process is so much smoother, so much quicker, so much less error prone because you've not got some disillusioned first year and some lazy <laughs> partner that can't be bothered to review these documents. Yeah, um, you can, yeah, the, the, the the whole process is just so much more smooth. So, so yeah, so in, in a nutshell, that's that's what we do. So we, we, would it be fair to say that the kind of two main things are like accuracy of the documents and like efficiency, like saving businesses time? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, time and efficiency, I think that's the, that's the easy one. I say yeah. creating these complex documents is about 75% quicker if you're using a computer to do it rather than yeah. a first year. <laughs> or, um, and then, yeah, absolutely, um, accuracy. You know that when you click the answer yes to a question, the, the output's going to be correct every single time. You're not going to cock up the formatting. Yeah. You're not going to accidentally miss out part of um, this template. You're not going to accidentally delete a page or a sentence or a full stop or a term in a contract. It's just done correctly by the computer. And this is something I think people people and or businesses see every day, whether it's from your kind of... Um, your contract with your your landlord. There's there's always mistakes in those things. They've always put something wrong in there. There's a number wrong in there. Well, they've deleted a paragraph, and and so it could be as simple as that. Um, or equally, um, you, you you see these errors in in other documents. I mean, I've seen it in NDAs as well, where they've got um, registration numbers wrong for businesses, but they've got the company name right. I mean, these little things. They just happen everywhere. So, so yeah, there's, there's sort of a, a plethora of benefits. I mean, the compliance side of things as well. You can see when documents are created. You can see what you've done to them without, uh, yeah, without it's sort of in an easy-to-use dashboard, essentially. Do you think uh, <laughs> your experience of having to draft some of these documents and spending uh, a fair amount of your time doing it, do you think that has acted as some sort of, like, I'm pissed off with doing this driving force uh, into why you wanted to solve the problem because you know it was a, it was a very real problem for you and I. <laughs> um, I, I couldn't so I agree more understand. with that. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I could not agree more. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, if, if I get you're you're sitting there for, for hours each week, yeah, in a in a prestigious role. I mean, I, I I worked incredibly hard to get that job. Yes, and in a prestigious role, and then I'm essentially. A, <laughs> A keyboard monkey I'm just tapping away I'm following guidelines on a template yeah. 
you know what, once I've done that once, yeah, it's very important to understand what's going into these contracts that we're doing, incredibly important. Yep. But once I've done that once, twice, three times, you know what, I feel confident with this. You know what, the 10th, 15th, 20th, 50th time you're doing this, yep. I, I don't need to be doing that anymore. And and yeah, there were times when you're working late in the office and you get asked to do that. And I was just like, this, this isn't a good use of my time. This isn't a good use of your time reviewing it. Yep. This it's it's a necessary evil, but it's a process that can be improved. It's it's a very simple issue that that can be improved, and and and, and we've done that now. So and and that definitely drove me to to wanting to do it. Yeah. I, I didn't want to be sitting in the office at eight, nine, ten o'clock at night editing a word template. I hear you. Um, so so yeah. So it's absolutely that 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 was a driving force for me <laughs> to leave. Absolutely. Um, and equally a driving force to start, obviously a driving force to start up our, our, our current company. Yes. Um, so I think I kind of covered that. The, the driving force question, I, I kind of asked you um, mm. into more, I guess, disguised questions. So I'm going to move on to um, just another point we've kind of got down here about um, the kind of realities of entrepreneurship. So there's two sort of facets to it that I can think of just from what I've read. Um, one is the kind of highs and lows and having a personal stake in the business. Like everything is personal. Um, and the other point is that with entrepreneurship as well, you know, it's, you're normally part of a very small team. You're, you're solving and dealing with things on your own a lot. It's, um, I would say like a fairly lonely sort of experience. So you've got to be really driven by what you're doing. So I just want to get your thoughts on those kind of things of like what it actually means to be an entrepreneur. Mm. Yeah. Mm. That's our yeah, high I, level. I, I guess the from on the, from the first point, the um, personal side of things, look, this is what I've been doing for ten months. I mean the product's been launched for what, three, four months now. Yeah. And yes, you've put you put everything into it, absolutely everything. So when someone comes to you and says something negative, you, you, you do take it personally. I, I remember the first weekend that I um uh, yeah, the first week, sorry, that I that I've been running this business and I went to a networking event in, in Cambridge actually and um I tried to explain my business to someone. This was the first time I'd done it, you know, really excited, really pumped. Finally left the, my previous job, ready to get going, and I explained it to someone. And they just said, oh, it's just kind of like an average version of mail merge. I've been doing that for years. And I and that absolutely hit me hard. Yeah. I was, I, I really was started to question, and this is the first time I really started to question, have I, have I made the right choice? And And I left that event really that 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 point really weighing heavy on me yeah um so yeah i took that really personally and then the next week i, I spoke to a few more people and said oh this is awesome this is a problem that we face all the time um yeah we'd love to hear more yeah and again you t- you take that personally but it's really positive at that point you're like yes i'm i'm going to really be helping some people and then after a while you you might get a few more negative comments and it's people. It's whether it's me not explaining it properly, them not understanding, whatever it is. You know, it's the first time I've really had to try and explain it properly in a sort of sales pitch. And if people don't understand it, you, you take it personally. But then, ultimately, as your journey progresses, you learn to to not take it so personally. Instead, you you take it on as a, I guess, a, a feedback point. Rather, you say, well, actually, should I be explaining more differently? Should I be? Um, or should I even be talking to you in the first place? Are you the right person that I should be speaking to? So, so yeah, you, you should learn to sort of brush it off in the end. And I think you obviously will take some points personally, 
but ultimately if you did that you wouldn't <laughs> you wouldn't survive <clears throat> you wouldn't you wouldn't be able to sort of be an entrepreneur for that long if you took things too personally yeah because you're always going to get people that are going to say negative comments you're always going to people that are going to put down your 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 business your product yes. the way you the way you're sort of conveying it there's there's always people that have an opinion and if you took that on board every time you'd be in a really sad miserable place yeah. so so yeah, you need to you really do need to learn to sort of you know move on from those things as quickly as possible instantly obviously learn from them if they're relatively valid but don't take them to heart so so yeah so I, I guess that's the personal side of things and then from a uh, the the lonelier side of things is you yeah you make a, a great point I, I mean as i said i was in a team of 100 people there yeah. was maybe seven or eight people in my year group alone yeah um and that's awesome it's like a family right you, you have people to go to lunch organize socials and, yeah organize yeah. socials people to go to yeah. the pub after work with go for dinner even sit at the weekends yeah and um and yeah, now I, again a bit more background. I was based in London. Now I now I've moved back home to, in Cambridge, and all of my all, a lot of my social net, so, uh, social circles were were yeah. in London. And I and I've left that. I, that's that's one of that is probably the biggest sacrifice I've yeah. had to make. Yeah. Is you know being able to completely look after myself, pay pay rent, look after all of the bills, pay for my own food. Um, and be able to go out and see my mates, go on holiday with my mates, and and I've given pretty much all of that up um to do this and and yeah it, it does have an impact on you um but you just need to, to when when you have opportunities to see your mates go out and do it like if i have meetings in london i'll always book in you know <laughs> book in god sounds so corporate i'll, I'll always text <laughs> a mate and go out go, yeah. out, go yeah. out for call your friends pa right yeah exactly put them into my calendar <laughs> no, so yeah so i'll always try and make an effort to see them then yeah and and yeah and i think that's key thankfully yeah. with things like whatsapp and facetime these days it, it you can i can keep in contact with them easily yeah um so at lunchtime i might have a phone call with a mate just to you know sort of keep morale up um and equally it's it's so important to have your your friends on side as well because they will mm. always try and motivate you yeah. most most of the time and <laughs> and that really that really keeps you going um, because you know, if, if they were if they were going to drag you down, then <laughs> you don't really have much hope. So, so yeah, absolutely. Sort of when you meet up with them, as long as they're they're constantly pushing you, making sure everything's going okay, and they can help you with the emotional side of things, then that 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 really helps. Because you know what, I don't, I don't see people at lunchtime. I don't have yeah. <laughs> you know after work drinks in comparison to the amount I did before. Yeah. And and it's just that it's a, a proper lifestyle change rather than just a kind of oh I'm I'm going to see p different people around the office. It's usually no one around the office. Yeah. So you need yeah you need to sort of just take the moments when when you get them to see all your mates. So that's the slightly darker side of entrepreneurship a little bit. Uh, mm. so that was very interesting um, but the question I asked about like a personal stake in the business mm. there's also a positive element to that as well and you mentioned there like receiving a, you know a couple of compliments and it really meaning something and as, as soon as we were talking about that I could think of one moment which was like a defining moment when I was working at EY um, and that was um, basically when I've been working for uh, about four months in a particular seat particular area of law and I've been working hard in that area and uh, we had these you know the monthly appraisals you probably remember them um, mm. and this was the final four, fourth month appraisal you know to, to kind of review performance how it's all gone and one of the 
uh, lawyers in the team, um, who so my supervisor, you kind of all those kind of corporate terms, classic, um, basically uh, said to me, uh, like, you've got great potential to be a good lawyer. And um, like, if you keep on this path, you know, it's going to be really beneficial for you and all these kind of things, which should have been very nice. And yet the reality in my mind was, you know, this kind of means nothing to me. And that's, I found that really, really difficult because my experience was not, you know, how other people were perceiving what I was doing and, you know, it's going really well, it's amazing. And I'm just thinking, um, you know, I'm not so sure I'm in love with this. Uh, and I, I, yeah, I found that very difficult. So but coming, coming back um, is that having a personal stake in the business and receiving kind of the positive side of that and like what it actually means to really care about the comments and feedback you're receiving as opposed to it just being, you know, kind of neutral and kind of apathetic when someone says that to you. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I can, to an extent, agree with you on on those comments we sort of got at at the previous firm. Like, I, you work really hard, right, all year, and then you sit down, you have your appraisal, and it's it's put into a number between one and five, how well you performed. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, mean, this is not necessarily a criticism of the firm, but it's just, for me, like, personally, I didn't... It didn't motivate me. Um, so oh, that, yeah, that's what exactly. it is. It's, it's, so it's, yeah, it's kind of yeah, that, and, that and yeah, yeah. That's the point I'm getting to. Is is it, it that that alone was not enough for me to justify working significantly more, putting in more hours? Um, yeah, it wasn't enough to keep me going really. Whereas the transition is yeah. The, I, I I didn't I didn't see what I was doing as contributing enough to this 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 sort of global behemoth basically. <laughs> Whereas now yeah, I yeah. everything I do. Yes. Contributes. Well, <laughs> yeah, I'm the only, well, other than my co founder, I'm the only, there's just the two of us contributing. So everything we do, yeah. we see um, the benefit of, or we see the negative of if we do it wrong. Yeah. And uh, so that, that personal connection is massive because if I take a day off, if I go, if I, if I go on holiday for a week, mm. the business is stalling. The, the, my clients might not, they might not have the same service they were getting while I wasn't there. Yeah. So all of these things, it, it's, it's personally in a positive and a negative way, I guess. Yes. Because if I have a, a solid week where I'm working really hard, I'm reaching out to loads of people, I'm getting loads of great contacts, I'm meeting loads of great people, I can see that, that sort of return on the business. Yeah. Whereas yeah, if I take a day off, there's, there's nothing. So whereas before, it was amazing because you, you might have a day where you're a bit tired, a bit sleepy, you're not getting much done. You yeah. still get paid at the end of the day, right? Yes. Or you could have a day where you're incredibly productive, um, you work really hard, you've done this amazing report, um, you still get paid at the end of the day. It, doesn't, it makes no difference. Yeah. Whereas the the swings, like the kind of the ups and downs, make all the difference. You want to be constantly. You want you want a minimum level where you are just churning and churning and churning. You need you need to keep going because as soon as you stop, the business stops. Especially especially in an early stage of a business. So so yeah, I think personally, obviously, it, it, it it's nice to see, <laughs> nice to see things continuing going up. Basically, yeah. I think I think when I met up with you for coffee recently. There was one thing that kind of stuck with me where you talked about whoop moments. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I can't remember too many whoop moments working in a big corporate, you know. Yeah. I've kind of exactly. nailed this legal document. My supervisor's happy. Wow. Like, woohoo, you know. Mm. Um, I don't really have many of those. Uh, so, yeah, just 
I guess your thoughts on the whoop moments. Yeah, I, <laughs> you're right. I, I never really had so many of them before, but now it's over the smallest things. You know, I get a, an email yeah. of someone saying, look, I want to implement this software or I want a demo. Um, I want to speak to you. Those sort of moments, they're so small, yeah. but when it's when you've given everything to get to those moments, yeah. it means so much. So... Yeah, there's there's a few emails where you sort of jump off the seat, punch <laughs> the air, um, and yeah, and and and, and you, I just never had them before. Whereas now it's, I wouldn't say they're daily necessarily, but yeah. definitely the smallest things make a big difference because you've put so much into it together. I wanted to cover the positive side as well as the uh, the, <laughs> the negative side of being entrepreneurial because um, I think it's important to understand the reality of it, mm. but also like the real deep sense of joy it can bring as well, I think is, is important for people considering yeah. transitioning. Um, Absolutely, yeah. So I've got here your kind of, like the classic, like three top tips, uh, <laughs> but you know, not that you could ever summarize uh, a jump like that in three uh, sort of, here's what you got to do. It's easy, follow this recipe and you know, Bob's your uncle. And you're yeah. still learning every day as why, you know, these yeah it's an ongoing prog- uh, process but I just wanted your kind of three tips uh sure. for anyone considering like jumping from a big corporate into either founder role or um working for a startup or even just mm. like changing jobs maybe working non like not for profit non-profit non-profit or not for profit one of the two. Thanks for clarifying. Uh, <laughs> a startup, generally non-profit. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So thought, um, thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I, I think for me, you know, sort of coming from an accounting role, being an accountant, um, yeah. the first and most important thing is right. You, I mean, you you still need to survive, right? You need to get your finances straight. You need to understand what you're going from and what you're going to. So if you're going to become a founder. Um, and you're starting from nothing, you're probably not going to get paid for a good, well, it could it could vary, but, you know, a good yeah. six months, a year. I know some founders that have spent two, three years without getting paid at all or not paying themselves at yeah. all. So you need to get your finances straight. Make sure you've got enough in the bank just to keep yourself going yeah. and keep your business going because, you know, they're, they're, they're two separate things. You need you need to keep your head straight. And if you've got 50p left in your in your wallet, then... You're probably not going to not going to be in the best position. So if you've come from if you're in a big corporate at the moment, you can save up, right? Yeah. I because I knew I wanted to to go. Um, I knew what I was doing, so I wasn't going out spending as much money on going out for dinner. Wasn't spending as much money going to the pub. Wasn't buying loads of new clothes. Wasn't buying a load of smart new shoes. Yeah. Wasn't buying a smart new suit. Um, and just you know, borrowing that money away because I need. I, I had a target I wanted to get to to yeah. keep me going for you know sort of eighteen months post leaving, and and so I, once I got there, you know, I, I felt comfortable enough financially to leave, and, did, I, and I think you, that's that's very important. Did you write those targets down? Did you? Did mm. you yeah, you wrote. Yeah, them. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I think I I knew if I was going to make be able to do this sufficiently comfortably that I wasn't just stressed every single day. Yeah. I need. I needed to get to that point. So, so yeah. So, so, and and then I actioned that, and that was probably, probably about a year 
before I actually left. I, I, I knew that at some point within the year I'd hope to leave. Yeah. Um, so, so yes, yeah, so I wanted to get to that, that sort of amount of savings. But, I mean, that, that's a pretty boring one um, <laughs> as a top tip. As a top tip. Yeah, but but boring, but, but probably, probably the most important, I think. Yeah, really, exactly. You, you, you want to you try and have fun doing it. So, yeah. So why do it? Uh, yeah, I mean, you want to be able to still be able to go out and have the occasional pipe without feeling too guilty. So to so save up as much as possible, I'd say, because you know, the longer you can keep going at it, yeah, then the more likely you are to succeed. Um, I'd like to think. I mean, I don't know if that's actually the truth, but <laughs> hopefully it is. Yeah. Um, we'll do this again then, next year, right? <laughs> yeah. <exactly. laughs> um, All right. So that's tip one. That's one. Next. Yeah. I think it's so important to get out of that comfort zone. You, in a in a big corporate role, you are so comfortable. You know yeah. what's coming the next day. You know when you're going to get paid. Um, you know what your role is. You know what your role is going to be next year because you, you've seen your manager. You've seen your senior manager. You know what's happening. It's so comfortable and it's so, I don't want to say the work's easy, but it's such an easy, uh, it's just so easy because you know what's going to happen the whole time. Yeah. Um, so getting out of that comfort zone is so important. So going to events you wouldn't usually go to. So if you're usually going to corporate events, go to a few more sort of undergroundy um, entrepreneurial events, go to a few pitch days, just speak to people there. You might go there and absolutely hate that scene. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. so go there, speak to them, speak to some founders and get their actual views on it. Because if you don't speak to them how are you going to know right so so yeah i'd go and speak to these people that you could potentially be working with in the future you could be working for um so yeah i'd, I'd say get out of the conversation do something slightly different go to a different event um and and sort of see how you find it really because at that point you know you can make a bit more of an informed decision whether you, you're you'd be comfortable sitting in or standing in their shoes sort of on, on that side of it so um so yeah absolutely that's 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 tip number two top tip number two top tip number two <laughs> What what uh, questions were you asking when you went to these events? Were there any like, would you say there any useful questions that people can ask when they go to kind of these startup events? Just that you can think of the top of your head. Yeah, um, I guess I guess the, you always just start with you know sort of ask about their product, how long they've been running it. It's just yeah. a, a really easy way in. If you've not spoken to people, sort of entrepreneurs like this before, yep. it's just a really easy way in. They love talking about their own product. I mean, <laughs> I'm here talking about it. So <laughs> I so, noticed. Yeah, they, yeah. <laughs> so so go in ask them about their product ask them what they were doing before what inspired it um and you know what they might say something that you really resonate with what inspired their product to i don't know some cool fintech app or whatever it is and you might think oh yeah actually that's a problem i face um and then you might start thinking you know if that's the problem i face what other problems am i facing is there a product i can come up with mm based on this little spark this little nugget they've given you so so yeah i think i think that's generally the best way to go about it i mean there's various sort of networking apps out there what called shaper that i really recommend um that's great just ask people about their products the businesses that they're working the projects that they're working on people always love to talk about that and, What's, and uh, it's what a really shaper? good way to shaper yeah it's okay. uh yeah so i guess it's kind of t- like tinder for business networking i don't, know what, through. I don't know what tinder is that you don't know what Tinder is, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure. The, <laughs> the uh, yeah, you, you flick through, you, you see their profile, you see what business they're running at the moment, or what business they're working in, what they're looking for, whether they're looking for investment, whether they're an investor, um, maybe they're looking for a new job, and you say yes to the ones you want to speak to, no to the rest, and then you get to chat, and it's and it's a really good way. I've met 
a few people who have started using our product on there. Right. I've met up with loads of people from there. And um, yeah, and you, you can meet like-minded people quite quickly. So it's uh, yes, yeah, a really good app. Recommend that. And so yeah, you could essentially you could get out of your comfort zone just by downloading a new app and chatting to some new people like that. That is so easy to do. You can do that on the um, sort of uh, yeah on your way to work in the mornings, and it's just a really easy step into that world, um, which which I recommend. Yeah, that's really helpful. And top tip number three. Number three. Final. The um, final tip. <laughs> This is, yeah, I, I think this one, you know, this, this is one of those sort of classic ones is just don't be afraid. Just do it. Like come up with, if you've come up with the smallest idea, you know, anyone can make a website. Anyone can make a blog these days. It's not like it used to. It didn't, doesn't cost 10 well, grand hard, to make a website man. anymore. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, here we go. <laughs> Pope, but, yeah, um, no, podcast no, number one. <laughs> really hard. Um, <laughs> no, yeah, anyone can do it. You can go on and make a, an, an e-commerce store these days for like 20 quid a month. Um, and they'll do the delivery for you. I mean, it's it's so easy to go out there and do something now, to start it up. You know what? You might only sell one thing a month, yeah. but that one thing will feel so much better yes. <laughs> than your month of, of grinding in a big corporate. I can promise you that. I mean, my, <laughs> so my very first projects when I was a, a little kid, or a little kid, sort of young teenager, I started a company called or a website called englandcarflags.com I literally <laughs> bought 250 car flags and I set up a website put a PayPal button on there yep. and, and sold them through that and it was literally amazing I was selling them for like three quid and yep. posting them over I was making like 50p profit on each it was nothing Huge. after postage but margins. it just felt, felt absolutely amazing and yeah. anyone can do that now literally anyone yep. you can start a blog and maybe get get some readers on there um, maybe make a bit of ad revenue if you if you want to you can yeah start a, um, an e-commerce shop mm. um, a, a, even an Instagram these days you can you can make money from that just po- post up a bit of content every couple of days learn a few a few techniques about how to get some more followers yeah. and people will pay you to do that and and so there's so many ways to start a little business online yeah. these days that you can do in your spare time just do it you know what? If you if you can't give up one evening a week, or a couple of evenings a week, or an hour in the morning to do something different to your current job, yeah. then I don't think you really stand a chance. You should be able to do that alongside, even an hour, half an hour, anything, and literally anything. Yeah. Just do it. Just try it. Don't be afraid to do it. I think you've so, hit on something really important there. That kind of harsh reality. Um, mm. uh, yeah, like the actual just doing it part. I mean, it. It's not. It's not for everyone, is it? Really, I mean, because no. no. you say it's kind of, it's easy, but that kind of prompted a thought in my mind, which is how much of it is a state of mind, um, and how you know how much of it you know like actually are you going to do something tomorrow? Mm. Like, I think a lot of people live in fear. I would say from taking yeah. the first couple of steps. Exactly. Was, yeah. I, yeah. The, the number of accountants that I worked with over the the years that I was yeah. I was working. Um, that said, I would love to start a business yeah. one day. Yeah. And it was just absolutely constant. Yeah. yeah, I saw very few of them doing anything about it. Yes. Um, so why not now? Why not tomorrow? Yeah, what's, what's, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Start, have a, anything. the first step is, right, having a Google. <laughs> if you have the smallest idea, yep. Google, can I make a shop? <laughs> <laughs> but I, can I buy something on eBay in bulk and sell it for slightly more? Like, yes. I mean, it is as simple as that. Yes. Um, I mean, obviously, you can get more complicated, but why? You know, just give it a go. If you have any idea at yep. all, just give it a go. And and I think that's the, the most important thing. If you want to do it, 
there's nothing stopping you doing it. If you've got half an hour, an hour, you can do it. So, so yeah, I think that, that that's definitely probably my number one tip to if you if you want to become an entrepreneur at some point, you've got to start somewhere, right? That's super helpful. So that's pretty much all the questions I had for you. Um, I think this has been really insightful. Um, awesome. And I, I hope a lot of the people listening can, I think, understand some of the realities uh, of being an entrepreneur, but also kind of take strength in um, the fact that it's not impossible. Mm. Um, and if, you, if you're going to do anything about it, there is no time like the present to take some steps. Um, I think those tips were super valuable for people transitioning, particularly saving money for extended periods of time um, before making that jump to, to kind of give you that cushion to try new things. Um, and also trying new things whilst working too, because there's still a lot of time around it. If you're really committed to making it work, then you know perhaps not spending all of your weekend kind of mucking about, you know, having fun with your friends, you know, as, as good as that is, I think if you're really serious about transitioning and making that work, I think is 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 pretty valuable. It's kind of a um, a sacrifice that perhaps needs to needs to be uh, needs to be taken. Um, uh, yeah, hundred yeah. percent. There's there's a lot of sacrifice involved, and yes. whether that's why you're working or not. So uh, yeah, I think you summed it up pretty nicely. Any final thoughts before we end the first podcast on Woody's blog? <laughs> you know what? No further thoughts, but thank you ever so much for giving me this opportunity. Great, be, man. Be, great, be grateful. <laughs> final tip. Founder of, founder of Doc2, Josh Harris. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, man. Appreciate Cheers. it. Cheers.